there's a lot of people whose names pop up and he, he caught a touchdown pass last week yeah i saw him doing his dance i couldn't believe it oh my goodness second round Welcome in. It's the No House Advantage NFL Thursday Night Strategy Show. Myself, Greg Ehrenberg, Mike Awesomeo is producing. We appreciate NHA right away. We want to make sure you use our promo code so we can match that first deposit up to 25 bucks. Greg, my friend, it's another Thursday night game. And this one, somewhat in the middle, I think. We've had some really juicy ones. We've had some ones where we've kind of hold our nose ahead of time. This one has a little bit of both. First and foremost, my friend, always a pleasure. Hope all is well. Yeah, uh, I, I find it curious. I think this is one of the ones in the middle. We've got uh, we've got the Miami Dolphins. Who? What are the Dolphins? That one in seven is it's so bad, right? They don't even have their first round pick. It's that bad for Miami. Yeah, and uh, so in terms of what we're looking at middle of the road, I wouldn't consider this to be you know a middle of the road game. We've got the Miami Dolphins at home. Uh, taking on the Baltimore Ravens, I guess we could say any time that Lamar Jackson is involved in a football game, I always enjoy watching him. So we do have that entertainment aspect. Maybe we'll get Lamar Jackson to run for 150 yards against the Miami Dolphins. But of course, there is some injury news because we do have uh, Tua Tagovailoa. He's listed as questionable to play. It appears he's a little more unlikely to play than actually end up playing, which is going to make some interesting discussions for No House Advantage because they have Jacoby Brissett in their player pool and not Tua. So we're going to have to talk about the uh, ramifications of that. Right. And, and I think what we'll do is we'll start right away when we look at props and specifically at the quarterback spot. Mike will have it behind us, as you'll see. We'll build the seven players that you can choose from across the board, seven down to one as far as point value. And Greg will express some em or emphasize maybe how strong or confident he is on a play. It's a seven. That's a six pointer. If you're really looking to take advantage of that or maybe two one, if it's just sliding it in we have everything on site i know greg you'll be using it we always use our own projections on awesome to kind of guide us through right through the optimal lineup that they'll have right for, for you especially in the nba where basically they're telling you what to uh play all right so let's look at the quarterback spot you mentioned as far we'll put lamar jackson on the back burner for just a second because approaching it from miami standpoint jacoby Brissett is in here no house advantage is not going to add to other, not going to take Brissett out. So knowing that, are you just waiting or maybe staying away from Brissett in its entirety? I mean, I don't like, you don't have to submit your lineup now. And if you do, you could always edit it. So I, I think it's fine to, well, the other thing too, is if you want to make a lineup now, you're going to end up editing it most likely for news at a later point in time anyway. So it doesn't really matter too much. It's same like people ask me sometimes in the morning, an NBA DFS late. Hey, should I play Anthony Davis? Is LeBron James going to play tonight or something? Not something specific to this slate, but just kind of in general for, for basketball. And you could just wait. You don't, you don't have to make that decision right now. You could just wait to see what happens. And if you want to build your lineup now and edit it later, you could do that. Or you could just make your lineup after the news comes out. Uh, but there's no reason you have to make a decision on whether Tua plays or not right now. The numbers will lock in for Brissett and, and for everybody. So they're not moving by any means. So if you were looking at the idea, and again, everything is subject to change physically on the lineups. I get that. 
if you were looking at Brissett, he's at 230 and a half, one and a half passing touchdowns and a half of an interception. Do know that Baltimore's pass defense is probably the weakest, clearly, of everything going on for them. Any interest at all in Brissett? I mean, we've got seven slots to play, so you don't have to play Brissett by any means. Uh, I think the over for interceptions makes sense. Uh, if we if we look at Brissett's numbers this year, he's thrown four interceptions to five touchdowns, and in the game that he's started as of late, he has thrown an interception. Uh, last week, he threw two interceptions. The game he started before that, he threw an interception. Game against the Colts, he didn't throw an interception. So, all right. So overall, he's made uh, four starts this year. He's thrown interceptions in three of them. So, you know, with that, or uh, five starts, and he's made, he's thrown interceptions in three of them. He, he's more likely to throw an interception than not throw an interception. We haven't projected for 0.78 interceptions. So I think the over for interceptions makes some sense here. And then also keep in mind, too, the Ravens are pretty significant favorites, even though they're on the road on a short week. So seven and a half point underdogs for the Colts. That probably means Jacoby Brissett is going to have to throw the ball a lot. And in his starts this year, he's thrown the ball 43, 39, 30, 49, and 40 times. If you're going to drop back to pass that many times, pretty good chance that one of them ends up getting picked off. How do you think the game goes just overall? We'll get to Lamar in a second, and then there's the juicy rushing prop. We can kind of bounce through as we do each and every possession each week here. But I'm just curious because you mentioned the line clearly, and it's factoring in either quarterback. I don't think that it's going to move the line significantly, if at all, if Tua plays. So I don't even know if that matters to you so much, the starting quarterback for Miami, as far as how you see this game play out Thursday night. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't impact the spread for me. I think whether Tua starts, whether Brissett starts right now, we're expecting it to be Brissett, but it's just a guess with a quarterback who's 50, 50 to play. Uh, I, I still think the, the line stays the same at about Ravens minus seven and a half. Now with that said, I actually do think the line is a little bit too wide because it's a Thursday night game. So it's a short week. There's always a little bit of added variance to these Thursday night games. So whenever we see a team that's, you know, underdogs about seven and a half, 10 points or something like that on a Thursday, I, I think it makes sense to bet on them if I was picking a side, uh, especially if they're at home. So uh, I think the Ravens are rightfully favored and nobody's going to disagree with that. But I think maybe the line should be seven or, or something as opposed to seven and a half. So let's look at Lamar with kind of that in the backdrop, the breakdown that you kind of gave there in the backdrop. And we have the rushing prop to add. You can only play one guy. That's different down the line here as far as quarterback is concerned. You can only play one of these props. So you can't jam up passing yards and rushing yards. It's going to have to be one of the four. So I'll run through the four that we have for Lamar here for you, Greg. It's 260 and a half in the air, 60 and a half on the ground, two and a half total touchdowns, rushing now included total touchdowns and a half interception, two and a half total touchdowns. It's a high number, but we do know he's definitely in the goal line area. Uh, threat, 60 and a half rushing yards. Anything jump out? Yeah, I would take the over for rushing yards there. We currently have Lamar Jackson projected for 77.66 rushing yards. There was a point in the season earlier where he was a little bit banged up. He was listed on the injury report as questionable at one point. And he had back-to-back -back weeks where he only carried the ball seven times on the ground. The last four games, he's now carried the ball at least a dozen times in three of them. And the one that he didn't was a game where they beat the Chargers by like 30 points. So that was a game where I think that the reason, the only reason we saw him limit his amount of carries, just there's no reason to run into the risk of injury when you have such a big lead. So the other games around that, 
Last week against the Minnesota Vikings, 21 carries for Lamar Jackson, rushed for 120 yards. The week before against the Bengals, 12 carries for 88 yards. Then you have the game against the Chargers where they won 34 to six. They just didn't have Lamar run a lot. Eight carries for 51 yards in the game against the Colts before that, 14 carries for 62 yards. That's so much groundwork for a guy like Lamar Jackson, who averages over six yards per carry. So I feel pretty comfortable going to the over. I think that number for his rushing yards is too low. Yeah, he has the big play capability. To your point about it being, even if it's accurate at seven, it's still wide enough to where the Ravens should be somewhat in control, if not in control of this game. They're not just going to hand it over to Devontae Freeman. He, he's so integral, Lamar Jackson, in the run game, even when they're running the ball to get out that, yeah, 60 and a half, I'm with you by all means. Anything else on there worth a mention or are you locking into the rushing yards? Um, I would just look at the rushing yards. Like you said, we can only pick one. We can't, we can't play the rushing yards and the touchdowns, passing yards all in the same line. We can only pick one prop from each player. And the one I feel best about is Lamar Jackson rushing yards. All right, let's move to the wide receivers here. We've got three to choose from and only Hollywood on Baltimore's side, the two for Miami Jalen Waddle and incredibly Mac Hollins, who is <laughs> an impact player in the NFL for a team, which I'm shocked to say, Greg, all right, let's start with Hollywood. We'll keep the Baltimore Ravens theme moving here. Marquise Brown, 70 and a half receiving yards, four and a half receptions, a little high for the receiving yards, but we know he has that. He is the big play capability, at least from the wide receiver position. Four and a half receptions may be a little tougher to get to. Any lean, at, if at all, with these two plays? Oh, the Matt Collins was only drafted in 2017. It feels like he was on the Eagles uh, forever, you, you know. Uh, see, and, and Mike here is also a fellow Philadelphia alongside with me. So you're just ripping a wound open unnecessarily here and dumping a pile of salt in it. But doesn't it feel like that was less recent that that, that was the situation? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I can't believe he's still in the league. And yeah, 2017 is four years ago, right? Or this would be the fifth technically. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just, uh, I, I thought I thought it was like 10 years ago that I drafted by the Eagles, but uh, but not <laughs> the case. Um, so, so getting back, you were asking about, uh, about Hollywood Brown and... Yep. You know, it's so hard to trust the receiving props for any of Lamar Jackson's wideouts, mostly from the standpoint of there are times where he looks really good throwing the ball. There are some games he looks terrible throwing the football, and there's so much variance here. And then you also have to add that, uh, that we have Bateman in the mix now, yep. also for, 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 for Baltimore. So there's another high-end wide receiver for him to throw to, which they've never really had at any other point in time. It's always been Marquise Brown, who if Lamar Jackson has a big game passing, usually means a big a big game for Hollywood Brown. There aren't that many targets to look at. So I don't really feel all that comfortable in anything with Brown. I think there's such a wide range of outcomes. It's different if you were playing, you know, a, a, a DFS tournament over on, on DraftKings or FanDuel where you're trying to capture as much upside as possible. Here we're just looking at a number as over or under, and regardless of what the results are of that, it's worth a certain amount of points. So there is no benefit to playing Hollywood Brown and playing his over and being like, hey, he had 150 receiving yards, 150 receiving yards for this purpose is the same as 70. So right. I think I, I just want to stay away from the variance of, of Brown. Yeah, I think you make a lot of sense there. And, and we see that each week with one or two players here where it's just not worth to touch the volatility by any means of what you can get. So from Marquise Brown, we'll move to Jalen Waddell. And a little bit of an easier number, maybe at 60 and a half 
receiving yards. We know the targets should be there regardless of the quarterback. Five and a half receptions, I think, reflects that from no house advantage as far as their receiving prop. Receiving yards at 60 and a half, Greg. Receptions at five and a half. Again, we don't have to play Waddle, but of the two wide receivers for Miami, I feel like I would be 100% more confident playing anything with Waddle. Uh, I mean, we talk about Mac Hollins. I think that maybe unders there would make sense. But uh, when, when it comes to Waddle, you know, it's interesting because he's had some big games with prosthetic quarterback. But we've seen when two is at, at QB, he'll throw like four or five yard pass to Jalen Waddle all day. I think the, the kind of breakout game for Jalen Waddle, at least from a fantasy perspective, was in week three was it Jalen Waddle it was yes yeah, so a week three against the Raiders he was targeted 13 times in that game uh but he only had 12 receptions for 58 yards so it's it's not like we're looking at uh massive kind of upside in terms of receiving yards but the the Dolphins have shown times especially when two is a quarterback that they're just going to target Waddle a, a whole bunch so uh, I'll say over five and a half receptions is a low confidence play just because the target share has has been there uh, a lot for him. Maybe a little more so if two is a quarterback, but uh, even if Brissett's a quarterback, we're going to have to take some of these wide receivers somewhere, and I feel more comfortable with the over or on receptions than under for Waddle. I thought you were going to pull the court if Brissett, because you made the point and the data backs it about how much more of a target or a friendly target Waddle is for Tua. So I didn't know if that would be enough to pull, but you're right. I mean, at some point we have to fill the thing up, so we'll, we'll keep it there. So, so the other thing too, is there are, there are sports books that have props out for Jalen Waddle's receptions, obviously for tomorrow. And some of them have them at listed at over under five and a half. Some of them listed at over under six and a half. So I've kind of been approaching that where, Hey, I like over five and a half. If two is the quarterback and then under six and a half, if Brissett's the quarterback, but we only have the five and a half number to choose from here for Waddle. So if it was six and a half, then I would like the under if Brissett was the quarterback. But I guess over over five and a half is like a one or two point confidence play would be the way I go here. Uh, make sure you all hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe. We appreciate you hanging with us. We have that promo code for you as well. No house advantage as we hit you with NBA shows. Now the NFL weekly show. Myself and Greg get you ready for Thursday night football. So take advantage of NHA, our promo code AWESOMO. We're going to match your first deposit up to $25. They're a little low to just auto fade, I think, it, or at least for me. And we'll see what you think here about Mac Collins, because I'm with you. I think the mentality would be, all right, just fade the hell out of everything and fly under if you can. 20 and a half receiving yards, one and a half receptions. That sneaky second reception could burn you, Greg, for a, an eight-yard touchdown in the red zone. It's it's kind of weird that of all the players they would pick, they went with Mac Hollins for a receiving prop yeah, here. Thank you. And well, let's let's look up Mac Hollins. It's pretty random, right? Like, why not Rashad Bateman over Mac Hollins? If you're gonna go two and one, why wouldn't it be Baltimore with the second? And Waddle with the one. Yeah, and we had, uh, you know, it's so hard. It's it's also pretty hard to feel great about plays on some of these guys who are such low-volume guys. But like you said, it could be, uh, you know, you just get a couple of short passes here, and and that's enough. So last two games for Mac Collins, last week he was targeted six times. He had three receptions for 22 yards and a touchdown. The week before he was targeted once, 
had zero catches game before, three target, three targets, two receptions. I guess I lean towards the under on receiving yards here. Last three games, 22-0 and 13 receiving yards. This is a game, once again, that, that sets up favorably for the Dolphins to be throwing the ball a lot. But I just don't know that Matt Collins is going to be the guy. So, once again, not a high confidence interval, but we don't have that many players to choose from on this slate. They haven't gone and listed a whole bunch of props for a bunch of players. And we might have a situation where Tua starts a quarterback, and then we don't even have Brissett to choose from. So, with that in mind, I, I guess we'll, we'll go with the uh, under receiving yards for Hollins. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. The reception seems a little sharp, especially because he's been hovering around that too. And why take the risk? 20 and a half receiving yards. It does feel like this is the lowest receiving yards total I think we've played since we began doing this show, right? Like, I can't remember us playing, even rushing yards. I don't know. Maybe Ty Johnson had like 20 and a half rushing yards and we hit that, but I can't even remember playing any prop this low for rushing or receiving. Yeah, no, um, I'm I'm trying to think if there's any, we've had some backup running backs that we brought up that have <laughs> yes. been there who, okay. you know, have, I think I remember talking about, there was a Jets game. Uh, actually, this was last week when we just played the Colts. Remember, like Ty Johnson was in there. We're talking yeah. about like over under 18 and a half rushing yards. So this is right. kind of that, this is kind of a similar situation. Oh, it's amazing, man. All right, let's move to the tight end spot and a little more flexibility, I think, here with both tight ends. Names that I think are way more household for sure than Mac Hollins. Let's start with Baltimore. Mark Andrews sits at 65 and a half receiving yards. Five and a half receptions. That's always been the first place that I would look as far as a player prop in a Baltimore game and see how favorable Mark Andrews' receptions are. Based on our projections, I don't know if either of these will jump out with you. Yeah, uh, once again, slight lean towards the under if we had to pick a side. So Mark Andrews this year, I thought he was going to be, you know, maybe not a – at superstar tight end or anything because I do think there are some limitations to Lamar Jackson being the quarterback and there's always going to be inconsistency with that Mark Andrews had one really uh, two really really big games this year and it makes up for almost all his production this year so week uh the game against the Indianapolis Colts he had 11 catches for 147 yards and two touchdowns game against the Lions he had 109 receiving yards so right there, you've got 256 receiving yards for Mark Andrews. It's about half his receiving yards for the entire season in two weeks. Mm. So, you know, more or less, we're looking at a guy who just isn't super, super involved in the passing game to where he could be consistent. And it's due to the inconsistency of, of Lamar Jackson playing quarterback. He's only had more than five receptions once the entire season. So I lean towards the under on both of these right here. I would really like the under for receiving touchdowns, but that's not going to be an option for us. So uh, I think if you're playing multiple lineups and now it's advantage, I think you could split it up, go with the under receiving yards for some Mark Andrews and under the receptions for some as well. All right, let's look at uh, Gesicki here. And he's at 60, same numbers actually across the board, 60 and a half receiving, five and a half receptions. Again, the quarterback may not make a difference as far as the game script and the spread. It may, as you brought up, earlier with the wide receiver position, it may make a difference on how you play Gasicki. Yeah, we see uh, when Tua plays quarterback, he does not target Mike Gasicki nearly as much as what Jacoby Brissett does. And if you look at the receiving yards prop right now and receptions, it's it's around what we have him projected for, though maybe the reception is a little bit high. We have we have Gisecki projected for 4.79 receptions. 
whereas that number is five and a half. So uh, I feel good about the under on Jacecki just because that's a big number, but I feel really good about it if two is a quarterback. So lower confidence play if, if, um, if, if lower confidence play on the under if Brissett is the quarterback, but I mean, this would be like maybe a five or six point wow. play for me on the under if two is a quarterback. Uh, we've got a couple of running backs to hit, my friend, before we get out of here. Have we locked in? I, I know Mike is doing it behind us, but has the Greg Ehrenberg seven-point stamp of approval officially been placed yet on a prop, or have we not got there yet? No, and I don't know if we're going to get there on this one either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, fair enough. I don't know if Miles Gasket is saving the day. I'm no. not holding my breath. All right, let's start with Le'Veon. Look, we've got Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, Miles Gaskin, and Salvin Ahmed. We, we're going to have to choose, as you mentioned. That's been the theme of today's show yeah. is, look, we have to choose. The good news is we don't have much to choose from. So let's hit Baltimore's guys first. Only one prop, 25 and a half. You can even nail these together. 25 and a half rushing yards for Le'Veon Bell, 30 and a half rushing yards for Freeman. Yeah, you know, it's funny. If you look at the projections that we have right now, we have the same exact projection for Freeman and Bell. We have both of them carrying the ball 8.25 times. Uh, we think both of them kind of suck. So we have both of them projected for 37 rushing yards here. But with that said, if we're actually going to get the projected eight carries out of Le'Veon Bell, which let me look to see how reasonable that is then I think you'd have to feel a little bit better about the over on his rushing yards than the under. It's just such a low number for somebody who might get some touches. And yeah, I mean, the last three games, Le'Veon Bell, 11 carries, five carries, although five carries in the game, they won 41 to 17. So there's no real reason to, to run the ball out with Le'Veon Bell. The game before that against the Chargers, the eight carries. I don't think it's unreasonable to expect eight carries at a Le'Veon Bell. So can we get more than, you know, three and a half yards per, per carry out of him? Uh, he's only averaging 2.9 so far this year, but it's a, it's a game script that favors running the football and they carried the ball. They, he, he saw the ball 11 times on the ground last game. So I, I think we have to feel somewhat good about the over rushing yards for bell at 26 total. That's what you need to hit that 25 and a half. So you're right. It's not a gigantic ask with volume and even somewhat anticipated volume. All right. A little bit more here. Ahmed, he's at 25 and a half rushing yards, but Miles Gaskin has a little bit more. He has the 50 and a half rushing yards and the half rushing touchdown. So I don't know if you want to just look at Gaskin, if there's any thoughts on Ahmed at the end. All right. So let's go with the seven point play to finish under oh. half, under, under half a rushing touchdown for Miles Gaskin. This yeah. is a game that does not set up very well for the Dolphins. Number one, be scoring a whole lot of points. It also does not set up a game for them to be running the ball a ton. If you look at the projections we have for Miles Gaskin, it is 36.69 rushing yards, only 0.19 rushing touchdowns. So he is far more likely to not score than he is to score. I'm sure if you'll look at a sportsbook line on Miles Gaskin, will he score touchdowns? Probably like minus 260 on the no there. So this is the one that I think that we could have the most confidence in, and that's how we could finish the show. Miles Gaskin, no <laughs> rushing touchdown. By the way, if he scores a receiving touchdown, it would still be a loss here. It has to be a rushing touchdown. So I love it. Uh, so the no there. You did that on purpose. You you kept us and teased us throughout this entire show just to finish with that seven point Greg Ehrenberg stamp of approval. Uh, yeah, that or we got uh, we just got lucky. That was how the timing worked, and that's where we, that's where we uh, jumped off. I think so. That, that works. At Greg, Greg Ehrenberg DFS or G Ehrenberg, pardon me. Right, I apologize. At Shander Show for me, you would think I would get that. 
Thanks to Mike Awesome Yo for producing the show. Thanks to you all out there for hanging with us. Look, hit that thumbs up button if you haven't already. And make sure you're subscribed here to the DFS channel, the odds, the fantasy football channels as well. And that promo code, it's above my head for a reason. Take full advantage of it. Sign up. Use it. Awesome O. We're going to match your first deposit up to $25. These contests are not expensive by any means. That $25 and then match to $50. You can jump in a bunch. We have NBA shows each week, the NFL show as well. Greg, my friend, I'll see you tomorrow. But in this case, I'll see you next week on the NHA show. Yeah, for sure. Later, Tom. All right. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for hanging.